Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. o'clock listening audience mutiny radio.fm incredibly exciting show coming up next it's polly pop tart hosts the pajama jam comedy spectacular here at mutiny radio tonight so excited full sold out crowd filtering in keep listening to some pink while the throngs of people uh, populate mutiny radio
Already so exciting. So welcome to Pajama Jam. Yes, get big, get up for yourselves. Thank you to everyone who looks cozy here. We really appreciate that. You know, when I was creating the show, I wanted it to be something that was the excitement of live comedy with the comfort of staying in. So thank you for not letting me, not making me change my clothes at all. And yes, I did wake up like this after a few hours of prep. There was a nap in there somewhere. So we're very excited for tonight. We have a great cast for you, and I can't wait to introduce them, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, there are a couple of uh, little house rules. Um, first and foremost, there is no drinking allowed on the property. So if any of you brought 
alcoholic beverages. We are not allowed to do that in here. Uh, second, if you don't clap or laugh, uh, you will be kicked out. <laughs> I'll have someone else in the audience enforce that. I'm wearing gloves. So I did want, when I was doing my makeup earlier today, I wanted to make sure that I paint for the back row because that's what they always say in drag, right? Um, I went a little hard on the makeup. I forgot that the back row is only 10 feet away. <laughs> We're still working on it. Um, if any of you have nightmares, um, you're welcome, yeah. And if, you, if any of you have money needs for that therapy, um, find a sugar daddy. Now, I wanted to do a little bit of, a, uh, of, a, of an intro here for, you know, politics. You can come on and sit down in. Yeah, you're, you're good. Uh, this is such an on-the-spot moment. How do you feel being on the spot right now? Um, go ahead and, yes, pass on money and have a seat. Yes. <laughs> Hi, welcome. <clears throat> So I wanted to do a little bit of an intro on politics, but uh, seeing as it took several hours to get ready, I'm very unprepared. So for politics, that's perfect. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So does anybody, make some noise in here if you watched uh, the Democratic debates this week. Yes. Amazing, amazing. I didn't know that the reading challenge from RuPaul's Drag Race made its primetime debut. We're so, so proud. And I have a couple of reads that I'd like to share with you. I was hoping that it would be a longer list, but it had to get cut. Um, just like Medicare. <laughs> I didn't plan that one at all. All right, so the first one is, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren has been a teacher her entire life in preparation for this exact moment to school Michael Bloomberg. And then, you know, the whole thing got very convoluted. They were starting to talk about Bernie's heart condition. They were talking about medical records. And it was so unclear to me who had less heart, Bernie Sanders or Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> I see we have a couple of Bernie fans in the audience who didn't laugh. <laughs> That's fine. That's why I took down the sign, because I wasn't sure. <laughs> um, all right, then moving down the line, I guess we had uh, So some people have been saying that Mayor Pete is not liked by gays. He doesn't have the support of gays. And I have to completely agree. If he had any support from the gays, they would not let him out there with those eyebrows. <laughs> it's just like three hairs, just pluck them. You don't have one of those friends to help you out? So sad. You know, there was also a, a thing with Amy Klobuchar. Um, you know, she, her big thing is that she's a Washington insider. Yet she always seems to be on the outside of the stage. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna take a walk for that one. <laughs> that one felt good. All right, we've got a great cast that I'm so excited to introduce you to. Um, our first comedian, I saw a video of her and I just absolutely had to have her at our show. She's the Nigerian princess who is not keeping you for ransom. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. Stella Balanwu! Thank you so much, Polly. Um, yes, I am a Nigerian princess. I have no one for ransom right now, but I am taking a look for some candidates, you know. Um, I know for sure that they have to be a church kid because I know 
from a church, you can really fundraise really quickly, you know, those offerings. Um, another thing about it is that I know the money is coming from a good place. It's blessed money. Um, anybody grow up religious? Um, I grew up religious. How religious did I grow up? Um, imagine you're a kid, you get a new phone, you're calling up your friends, you're like, hey, let's hang out at the park, you know, let's do, let's do stuff. And you expect your mom to be like, oh, was that Debbie? Like, how is she doing? How's her mom? Is her mom still dancing? What? I'm like, oh. But instead, my mom is like, Nigerian accent? Okay. Okay, so you have my phone that I bought for you. You are using the money that I paid on your phone, and you could not mention Jesus. <laughs> Call them back. And you could just imagine that. I was really popular growing up. Um, so my mom, oh, did I mention my mom's a pastor? I'm making her really proud right now. Um, yeah, I'm so proud. So essentially, my mom's a pastor, so you can imagine how fun the birds and bees talk was. You know, she, it went something like this for my sisters and I. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk as a family, okay? In Jesus' name, if any man tries to defile my children, kill him. <laughs> Casual, I know. Um, and one day she was saying this prayer, because you know it wasn't just one time. Um, my aunt was in the audience of this prayer, and she said, um, you can't say that that's kind of traumatic for your daughters, you know, the first time and everything. And my mom was like, okay, let me take it back. After a week, they'll die. <laughs> So I like to think that my mom like invented ghosting. So I, it kind of explains my life now. It's really, it's really cool. Um, but now I'm an adult. I have this thing called an IUD. It's a T-shaped device. It's up my vagina. And I like to think about it as my crucifix because <laughs> Jesus is still in me. So I, I have trust issues. A lot of people have trust issues. And I've been thinking about where they started from. Um, like for one, uh, my dad passed when I was a baby and my mom's intention, she thought, you know, this was someone that poisoned him. It had to be someone close to him, you know. Just lack of trust from the get-go. You can't trust anyone. Um, we would go to visit people and she would tell me, okay, we're gonna go to this person's house. Don't eat anything to give to you. Don't drink anything. And as you can imagine, I'm in Nigeria. It's hot as fuck. And I go indoors and I can't even drink water. <laughs> Um, so we go to this person's house and my aunt's bringing out shortbread cookies, these Walker shortbread cookies. So if you know what they are, they're like kryptonite. And she brings out my favorite juices because I have a sweet tooth and I'm like, this is some serious temptation. This is some biblical temptation right here. <laughs> uh, my aunt's like, oh, eat. My mom's like, okay, you know what? She went through a lot of trouble. Just eat some cookies. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, I'm conflicted at this, conflicted at this point. And um, she, my aunt turns away, my mom gives me the death stare. And then she's like, oh, go on, like, don't embarrass me, just eat the food. And at that point, I was like, okay, you know, I can't embarrass my mom. I'm a Nigerian child, I mean, that's why I'm in grad school right now, trying to make the family proud. Um, and so I ate the damn cookies. I was like that kid in Matilda, just eating all of it. I drank the juice, I was so fulfilled with myself. I went home, I got the beating of my life. <laughs> I know y'all don't understand it. There's no CPS in Nigeria, so I just had to take it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I fucked bread cookies. I can't stand them anymore. Um, and now I can't even trust my mom. You know, we didn't trust family. I can't trust my mom anymore. Like, what is, what's real here? Um, another reason why I just have lack of trust issues starts with something. You guys have it here. You guys call it PG&E. <laughs> in Nigeria, we had something called NEPA. And NEPA stands for Nigerian Electric Power Authority. 
um, the cool kids, we like to call it, never expect power always. <laughs> you see, you're just watching a TV show, or you're watching a movie, and it just cuts out. You know, it's really anxiety-provoking. You, know, you don't know what scene's gonna be a cliffhanger, <laughs> you know? Have you guys, you know, have you guys heard of edging? Yeah, that's really easy with NEPA. Um, and also, like, when, when these TV shows just cut out on you, you have to get inventive. I think we have to come up with all these game theories of, like, what could have happened. And in a way, I think that's why Nigerians are so good at scamming. We can think of so many scenarios. <laughs> we're just, like, we're just born-ready screenwriters. <laughs> so I've been living in um, America for about 12 years. I moved to Georgia when I moved here. <laughs> All right, you want to, got someone from the South. Um, and then I've been in San Francisco for about four years now. And I have to say, this is one of the widest places I've ever lived in. Look at this room. <laughs> Look at this room. Look, there's one of, well, two of us. Look at us. Um, but it's not all bad because my hair does not have to be on point on every occasion. Like, nobody, <laughs> nobody's like, girl, lay your damn edges. You're like, what, lay, they're laying eggs now? No, go, 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 go find a black friend, he'll tell you what edges are. Um, and you have these, like, is Sarah gonna check me? No, Sarah's gonna be like, oh my god. You like have these, like, ropes that come out of your scalp, like, that's so cool. That is so exotic. Ugh. To die for. Um, maybe like for Halloween, you should be like Medusa or something. I think it'll be like really authentic. I would love it. And I shut the fuck up, Sarah. If you touch my hair one more time, you're gonna turn to stone, okay? I wish I had that power. And I really do. Um, another thing about San Francisco being white is I feel like I'm losing my black cred, you know? Like I I'm going home and I don't know how to act anymore. I'm just okay, I have to like read all these books, you know, practice how to say the N-word properly. <laughs> I, say, I said the N-word, exactly. Um, it's, it's really fun. I, I'm just trying to make my people proud, you know? Just the little things. Like the other couple years ago, I didn't realize um, it was Black History Month until my hairdresser in Oakland was asking me what my plans were, and I was like, shit, I failed my people, <laughs> you know? Uh, there's no Kool-Aid in the streets, it's kombucha. Like, that's what I'm drinking right now. It's, it's mighty sad. Uh, it's 2020, so I decided, like, I'm gonna start working out. I got something called ClassPass. Do you guys know what ClassPass is? Yeah. Of course, white people. Um, <laughs> um, so ClassPass is an app that you pay, like, a monthly fee for to be able to access workout classes, right? <coughs> And if you try to cancel these classes within 12 hours, you get charged a fee. If you miss this class, you get charged a fee. So you're forced to work out. And for someone like me in grad school who's broke, I had to like make that workout class. And I was like, you know what, fuck this app. I'm gonna get off this app. I'm gonna cancel my membership. And I'm like, can I cancel? They're like, um, like what if you just wanna like not do as many classes? We can just shorten your, your credits. I'm like, no, I wanna cancel redirect, um, maybe you wanna change like the time that we're like working on your service plan, like just change the, the timeline. No, I wanna cancel. And then they give it to someone to like start chatting with them about why you wanna cancel. <laughs> so where am I going with this? I think that we should adopt this as a strategy for our friendships in San Francisco, because people are so damn flaky. I might be down. 
like, okay, you want to cancel? I think we should talk about it a little bit. <laughs> you want to cancel? I think I might charge you because I had to rearrange my schedule for this shit. <laughs> Crazy, man. Um, I've mentioned I'm in grad school. I am a PhD student right now. Don't, it's not fun. It's, <laughs> I'm not like having benders, you know. I, I, it's really sad because I had access to like ketamine and all the good shit when I did like work on mice. I just never took advantage of it. <laughs> it's really sad because you know I was still a church church girl then, but now I'm I'm like I missed a chance. But now I'm working on data, just boring ass data. But it's good. I get to avoid people and work from home. It's really fun. Um, but like with most research that's done the data that we have is from white people, so we can't really generalize for other people. And so I'm doing research on Alzheimer's, and the thing about Alzheimer's disease is that it's, it's growing. I'm just educating you guys right now, it's growing. Um, and with the data set on all white people, I have to try and generalize it. And I have a plan. I want these white people to remember what they did to black people back in the day, so I can cultivate a cult of woke grandmas <laughs> they remember everything. They go home to their children on Thanksgiving. You're like, all right, people, this is my dying wish. You have to be nice to black people, okay? And that's how I can cure racism. <laughs> um, I've been Stella Balanmu. Thank you so much. Um, this is going to be a great show. <laughs>
Any Asians in here? Great. I feel real safe. Asian. So a lot of like guys want to know like who I'm fucking. They're like, who you fucking, Grace? Who you fucking? You know, what kind of guys you fuck? I'm like, I fuck all kinds of guys. You know, Asian guys, white guys, Latino guys, black guys. I've been with them all, okay? And they're like, okay, but what's the best one? Who's the best one? I'm like, the best one was a girl named Maria. <laughs> Can't beat Maria, try it, fellas. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> anyway, I do live in LA, and uh, I saw a crazy headline, local headline. It said, homeless man pours a bucket of hot diarrhea on a woman. <laughs> My first question was, yeah, but what was she wearing? <laughs> right? She could have been asking for this with her outfit. You don't know. The word hot was very interesting. <laughs> like, where did this man take this bucket of diarrhea and heat it up? You know, he has no home. Where did he do it? Why did he do it? You know? And who says that? You got diarrhea all over you and that's your first complaint? Oh, it's hot. <laughs> so crazy. Anyway, I was working on New Year's Day. Anybody else a loser? <laughs> all right, Pam. It's all right, sister, yeah. Anyway, I was working New Year's Day. I was bussing tables, running food, making coffee, and there was a woman who was very upset that she did not get her Caesar salad on time. So she yelled at the cashier, and then she yelled at the manager, and then she yelled at me. I was like, why are you yelling at me when you already yelled at the manager? <laughs> This is a step down in the complaint department. You wanna be going up, I have no power. She was like, I want you to know that I've been waiting for my food for over 40 minutes and I want half my money refunded back. I was like, lady, ask for all of your money back. Why half, you know? You're very upset, you have to yell at three people, that's how mad you are. Right? Not only should you get all your money back, but the owner of this establishment should go down on you. Right? You get yours, lady, and learn how to negotiate better, you dumb fuck. Right? I feel like that's why as a society, women are a step behind men, right? This woman, she should be at her job, inside her boss's office, asking for a higher salary. Instead, she's at a cafe inside a museum, trying to make $8 back. How is that gonna send your son to college, you know? I was like, I don't like this, I don't like you, you know? I feel like somebody should pour a bucket of hot diarrhea on you. <laughs> Teach you a lesson. How are you, sir? Good, all right. Um, sir, if you have never seen a lady menstruate before, you're looking at it right now. Take it in, take it in. This is what it looks like, this is a period. All right? I hate having my period, you know? It sucks, it fucking sucks, you guys. All right, because like, especially day two, 
you know? That's the day of the heaviest flow. You have to wear a tampon and a pad and a menstrual cup and a sleeping bag. <laughs> and then you still have to tie a sweater around your waist, you know? Just to cover that maxi pad bulge that sticks out of your taint, you know? Like a little bunny rabbit. It's not cute, it's not sexy. Anyway, if you don't know what a menstrual cup is, it's a silicone cup that you fold and you insert it through your vaginal canal and into your cervix where it opens up and it catches all of your menstrual blood. And my white hippie girlfriends were like, Grace, aren't these great? They're good for the planet, your wallet, your body, they're awesome. I was like, okay, white hippie bitches. Let me get in on this moon cup action. So I went and I bought one and I folded it. I was like, I love the earth so much. I'm a hero, I'm saving the planet. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and what these brainwashed hippie bitches did not tell me is how fucking painful it is to scrape this up through your chotch and cram it into your twat. They never told me that. And you have to hope to God that it opens up. Which it doesn't if you have a tight pussy like I do. So you're just leaking all the time. And you have to go on panty liners and those are killing the environment. That's wasting my money. I'm like, the system is broken. Okay, fuck these moon cups, they don't work. But despite the fact that they're painful and despite the fact that they don't work, I continue to use them for the next 12 months because that's how addicted I am to abusive and unhealthy relationships. <laughs> and I know some of you girls in here do use the menstrual cup. I'm very supportive of that decision because they are good for the planet. That just means you have a big vagina. <laughs> and I have a tight pussy. It's okay, we're all sisters. All right, it's not a competition, your big gaping hole. <laughs> and my tight little balloon knots, okay. All bodies are beautiful, ladies. It's all right, it's good, it's cool. Anyway, who likes Chinese food? Yeah, let me hear ya, Chinese food, yeah, Chinese food, woo, yeah, Chinese food. I'm not Chinese, calm down. All right, take it easy, relax. No, but I'm allowed to like Chinese food though. And uh, I was recently at a restaurant going to town on my dim sum. And in the middle of my meal, I saw a man punch another man right in the face. And he started to bleed from his nose and his mouth and his girlfriend ran over to him and they got chased out of the restaurant. And then a few moments later, the girlfriend came back into the restaurant with blood all over her jacket. And she picked up her boyfriend's shoe, her cell phone, his cell phone, and the leftover Chinese food to go because she's a lady of priorities, right? <laughs> and because she's going to need that leftover food later when she stress eats. Because if I was her, I would have left that guy, right? He got punched so hard in the face that he lost his shoe. <laughs> You're a cartoon character, all right? You can't protect my family. Get out of here, right? Also, what did you say to get punched that hard in the face? You know, you can't take men anywhere. They're always running their mouths, getting punched in the face. Men should just stay at home and shut the fuck up. And they should iron their shirts while sitting at home shutting the fuck up. And it was so weird, because at no point did a restaurant manager or maitre d' come to our table and say, we're so sorry about that, we called the cops. No, these Chinese staff members just mopped up the blood and continued service as usual. 
I was like, we're at a very authentic Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Food's amazing here, I love it, so good. Anyway, I don't like this word friend zoning, you know? She friend zoned me, what a bitch. You know, a lot of men use this word, and I hate this word because what that word implies is that the women should sleep with you. Don't say that, just say, she did not want to have sex with me, right? Because that's the truth. That's more accurate, because me personally, I fuck my friends all the time. <laughs> anyway, it was my birthday yesterday, I turned 33. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thanks. But I was at a cafe and I heard a 21-year-old girl complaining about her life. I was like, why are you complaining you're 21? Just go drink some milk, shut up. <laughs> she was complaining about money. She was like, yeah, I made so much more money when I was a stripper. All I had to do was suck one cock, I made $500. I was like, that's not stripping. <laughs> you guys have been great on Grace Young, thank you. Thank you all so much. Give it up one more time for Grace. So this is the part of the show where I regret not planning better. Um, I was going to have someone introduce me, but I didn't warn anybody that, that was going to happen. So I'm going to introduce myself. Narcissism level three. And I want you all to sound like really excited and like a little bit caught by surprised. You ready? She served hot, brightly packaged, full of artificial preservatives. And there's a hot cream filling when you put it in your mouth. Welcome to the stage, Polly Pop-Tart. Oh, can I have your attention? Can I have your attention, please? Oh, thank you, I love attention. A little bit about me, pronouns are very important. My gender pronouns are she, her, or that queen. I also respond to this bitch. A little bit more about me, I'm from Oakland, which means I dodged three bullets and walked through fire to get here. And that was just over the bridge. Lucky my car didn't stall. More about me, I'm married. We have three happily married people in the audience. Everyone else is miserable. So my husband and I live in a very nice loft apartment, which we can afford because we're both very successful. He has a business he built from the ground up, and I married well. Now, a few of you may not know my, yet, my name yet, and that's fine. Neither do most of the men that I've dated. So let me introduce myself. My name is Polly Pop-Tart, the original drag intro comedian. I do drag queen intros. I've got a great cast that I can't wait to introduce, but I'm going to need your help. So when I say, oh, oh, you say, is she ready? Let's give it a try. Oh, oh. Is she ready? She may be bad at algebra, but she can always find her ex. Oh. Welcome to the stage. Carry the one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Carrie the One is a real queen. She always has her legs at the right angle. <laughs> and she loves to multiply. Let's do another. Oh, oh. Is she ready? 
She's the submissive Southern Belle who's thirsty for some Northern aggression. Welcome to the stage, Civil War. <laughs> Thank you, Civil War is also a real queen. She likes black guys. Now for any of the black people in the audience that were offended by that, don't worry, she also fucks white dudes too. But she's from the South, they're all in the closet. So I have one more drag intro for now. Oh, oh. She's the New York queen who rocks a pretty bomb smoky eye. Welcome to the stage, Nina Levin Towers. <laughs> Nina Levin Towers, thank you so much. Oh. Her performances don't always land. But if you've seen one, I'm sure you'll never forget. Now that I've given everyone from New York PTSD, I'm gonna tell you about the time I hooked up with a pastor at a nude beach. Now, I didn't know he was a pastor. When I met him, I dropped to my knees out of habit. But this pastor was so cute. I mean, he reminded me of Jesus on the cross because he was hung. And he reminded me of Jesus's hair because he was uncut. So after Sunday servicing, I noticed a burning sensation on my body. Have you ever had that after a hookup? Well, let me just tell you, sunburns are the worst. I bet you thought I was gonna say chl chlamydia, didn't you? Yeah. Right? Oh, oh. She's the 11th plague Moses put upon the Egyptian people. Welcome to the stage, Sandy Butt Cheeks. So after swallowing the body of Christ, the pastor gave me his number and I was supposed to call him. But I got busy and didn't get around to it, which I felt really guilty about. Fast forward about a week and I noticed another burning sensation in my body, but this one itched. Have you ever had that before? Never. Yeah. Let me just tell you, scabies is the worst. I bet you thought I was going to say syphilis. Yeah, scabies is much worse. So I called the pastor, and, and when I called him, he answered the phone with, hello, how may I direct your guilt? I thought it was my mother. So I asked him how he thinks he got scabies, and he told me that he probably got it from all the homeless people that he helps. Which was so rude. I already feel guilty about not calling him back, and now I feel guilty about never volunteering. I swallowed his communion! As much as it sucked getting scabies from a pastor I met on the beach, at least I didn't get crabs. Thanks, Jesus. So I feel weird saying the words, thanks, Jesus, because I grew up in a primarily Jewish home. See, I have a Brooklyn Jewish mother who is also a personal trainer. Is anybody else wondering how I went from talking about blowjobs, talking about my mom? <laughs> Don't worry, there are plenty more dick jokes later. So my mom loves her Fitbit. She absolutely loves it. Does anybody here know what a Fitbit is? Make some noise. <laughs> 
so a Fitbit is a, a device that goes on your wrist that sparks a very unhealthy rivalry between you and your daughter. <laughs> it also tells you how many steps you take in a day. If you're amazing, you take like 10,000 steps per day. If you're an alcoholic, you take about nine. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Spiral. My mom, at the age of 67, takes about 30,000 steps per day, which is incredible. Yeah. My mom could outrun the Energizer Bunny. The Energizer Bunny would be going up another hill. Nope. We're going to try that again. My mom would be going up another hill. <laughs> And the Energizer Bunny would be at the bottom going Because <laughs> Energizer Bunny smokes now. <laughs> He's had a rough couple of years. He's not getting any commercials anymore. And we'd be like, oh, just so frustrated. Because my mom is so athletic and so active. She has a theoretical resting heart rate of 52 beats per minute. I say theoretical because I've never seen my mom rest. <laughs> oh, oh. Her heart will go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Dura Celine Dion. <laughs> that concludes the musical portion of tonight's performance. <laughs> no, I will not be auditioning to RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, that singing is not going anywhere. Hmm. So my mom's love of Fitbit is also an issue at family dinners. Does anybody here, does their mom drink? Raise your hand. Does their mom smoke? So your mom might take a break during Thanksgiving dinner for a drink break or a smoke break. Yeah? Great. This is the crowd work that we like to have. My mom leaves dinner for a steps break. <laughs> Either that or she's got some dead bodies down the street. We're not really sure. Oh, oh. She helps women lose weight by selling their organs on the black market. Welcome to the stage, Jenny Craigslist. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, my mom is not the only active one in the family. We have a very active family overall, which I'm very happy about, because we really look to each other for support. I just wish the look my mother gave me when I gained 10 pounds freshman year of college was a little more supportive. <laughs> I mean, I knew I gained the weight, and I had this great plan. I was gonna be like, Mom, I've been like really bulking up at the gym and like this all the way is bulk weight shredded, man. <laughs> My mom's been a personal trainer for 35 years. Do you think she bought it? No. no. You know that look that you make? Nope. You know that look that your mother makes that only a mother can make? Let me demonstrate. You know that look that you make when you have a really sour candy but you're trying to save face for your friends? <laughs> But you know how I know my mom didn't buy it? I hate cabbage. I hate it. I always have, always will. If there's cabbage in something, I probably won't eat it. When I was in high school, my mom if, would take the cabbage out of any dish that had cabbage in it and put it on the side just to be nice. Oh. 
not for this fat kid. <laughs> Cabbage in every meal. Because when you're overweight in my house, starvation is just a little easier. <laughs> oh, oh. She's the fun-sized chef whose biggest joy in life is neglecting hungry mouths. Welcome to the stage, Bonnie Petit. <laughs> but if any of you out there are worried, don't worry. My mom didn't starve me. She's from New York, not New Jersey. <laughs> my mom would never starve me, though. I mean, it would cause her too much guilt. And she's a Jewish mother. She would never waste all that guilt on herself. You know, we also have some weird family traditions. Uh, for example, every year on Christmas Day, we go over to the gym for a family workout to start working off the food we ate the night before. <laughs> Judging by the silence in the audience, I'm gonna say I'm the only one. <laughs> it was also a surprise for my husband the first time he came home with us. Ooh. The way he came home with us, it sounds like he's a dog. <laughs> I mean, we do a doggy style sometimes, but that's not the point. <sighs> so my husband comes from an Italian family, which is very different. They spend holiday dinners about 80% of the time screaming at each other. And the other 35% of the time shoving food in their mouths, which means that 15% of the time, nope, 25% of the time, they're talking with their mouths full, and I'm the only one worried about this choking hazard. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that my mom was Jewish, and I almost messed up a math joke. Oh. Yeah, you, a couple of you caught that. Thank you for that. I know that the guys in the back row were like calculating that for me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So my mother being a personal trainer has been so good to my life. It has created absolutely no negative side effects. In other news, I'm in therapy. <laughs> um, some people say that drag is cheaper than therapy. Oh, lucky me, I need both. <laughs> but one of the things I love, oh, we have some delayed laughs, thank you. I'll take it, I'll take it. One of the things that I love about drag is that it pays me in cash, which is so convenient because my therapist only takes cash. <laughs> you know, I call it my little mental health economy. It functions like a real economy. I mean, right now I'm 28, and life is amazing. I'm in the roaring 20s, which means the Great Depression is happening any day now. <laughs> We're really worried. So going back just for a second to drag paying me in cash. I love that drag pays me in cash because I take that to the therapist's office and I just make it rain. <laughs> Sometimes I even put a Cuban cigar in my mouth just to like feel festive. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, oh. She's the Cuban bombshell with a crippling sense of anxiety, which could pop up at any moment. Like right now. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Havana Breakdown. <laughs> she could really happen, y'all. Uh, my therapist discontinued my insurance. I think it might have something to do with making it rain. <laughs> So I mentioned earlier that my mom is Jewish and raised us Jewish. Do we have any Jews in the audience? Yes. One of the things that I love about being Jewish as a gay adult is when I go to gay clubs and I tell guys that I'm Jewish. 
the first thing they always say is, prove it. <laughs> so I do. I tell them I have indigestion. <laughs> Works every time. Oh, oh. She's pink, sweet, sickening, and reminds you of all your bad decisions. Welcome to the stage, Pepto-Dismal. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Pepto-Dismal couldn't be here. She's still in the bathroom. <laughs> all right, I've got a question for all of you. Why did the Jewish mother circumcise her son herself? Budget cuts. <laughs> I can tell you're all very concerned. <laughs> don't worry, my mom didn't circumcise me herself. I don't think that she cared enough to. I could suppose you say she didn't have any skin in the game. Oh, yes. oh. She's the first thing on your lips when you meet a new guy on Grindr. Welcome to the stage, Izzy Uncut. Yeah. I think a few of you have met this queen. She's a real queen in New York. So I do have to say that I am so happy that my mom raised me Jewish, but I hated Sunday school. She was very disappointed that I didn't continue on in Sunday school, but I did take a couple of those things to heart, and I learned a few things. Um, let me pick one thing I remember. Um, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Not just for obvious reasons. <laughs> think of me like that. So the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is the story of a city of sin. And the, as the Jews were leaving, God said, if you turn around, you'll be turned to salt. Which must be why all the Jews, even now, are so salty. <laughs> and why we have such high blood pressure. The big lesson that I learned from that is that if there's anything bad happening to you, keep your head down, walk away, and you will be just fine. Unless you're black, then you're fucked either way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's why I'm up here. You think I'm up here because I'm gonna get like person of the year Nobel Prize? That ship has sailed! Especially with this next joke, you're really, if that, if that last one offended you, this is going nowhere fast. <laughs> So in high school, I joined a Jewish youth group, which was the, was the only source of friends I had. I'm glad that nobody laughed, because that was really sad. <laughs> so the Jewish youth group that I had, I still have some of those friends today. And I went to one of their weddings recently. And this woman, uh, I'm tempted to say girl, uh, she married a German man. And they had this very interesting ceremony where they like, everyone who attends the wedding like breaks a bunch of glass together and then the couple has to clean it up. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's supposed to symbolize like cleaning up the shards of like, I, was, I took a nap and I missed like the first part of the event. So I'm mostly just like throwing in the dark guessing here, but it was like ceremonial and German and something. Oh, oh. She's the Jewish girl who married a German man but was a little bit nervous about stomping on the glass at the wedding. Welcome to the stage! Oop. Let's try that again. She's the Jewish girl who married a German man. Yeah, we're gonna try that again. She's the Jewish girl who married a German man, but was nervous about stomping on the glass at the wedding. Welcome to the stage, Crystal Nacht. 
Thank you. Kristen is a feminist. She just broke through the glass ceiling. Thank you. We're bringing it back, right? You, t you break someone down, you build them back up. So as we complete today, I just want to say that I'm so grateful to my mom for raising me and doing such a great job. Um, she was a little disappointed that I didn't do anything after my bar mitzvah, and I didn't do any more Jewish things after that. I am certainly not a doctor. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. There's no like emblem like in my office that says Dwatsa. It's spelled the New York way. Oh oh. She was here a moment ago and then poof. Oh. Sunrise, sunset. Welcome to the stage, John Benet Mitzvah. I wanted to bring her here, but I couldn't fit her in my suitcase. Thank you guys so much. My name is Polly Pop-Tart. One L, two T's. Alright, um, I... So we do have another comedian I'd like to bring to the stage. She had a little bit of, a, of an oopsie and has a little bit of an injury. But she is here, brighter than ever, with makeup I admire. I was just gonna ask that. Thank you. I sure hope so. No one else is showing up. She's a bye bye bisexual. If you make her come, she'll sing in sync to you all night long. Welcome to the stage, Adriana McCain. Polly's too tall. <laughs> For the record, Joey Fatone's my favorite. <laughs> because I have bad taste. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Yeah, so as Polly said, uh, I, 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 I fucked up my knee. <laughs> I don't want anybody to think that they're going to be getting a really chill, cool vibe. <laughs> Just me, like, max and relax, and everybody else has to stand. Um, I went to the chiropractor today um, because of the hence, henceforth uh, fucked up knee. And um, man, chiropractor is so nerve wracking uh, because, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's this grown man that's putting his full weight on you. And if you sneeze, you might die. <laughs> it's like the most expensive high stakes hug there is. But I'm okay. Uh, my, uh, my chiropractor is a, a miracle worker um, because, well, like, you know, he's nice. He, he does a pretty good job. But the thing that really did it was uh, when we were wrapping up, we were making small talk, and his receptionist comes in, and she's like, hey, just wanted to let you know your next patient doesn't have an interpreter, and he needs one. And he goes, okay. And he, uh, she, she leaves, and then he turns to me, and he says, you know, in America, people should learn how to speak English. You know, because this is America, and we speak English. 
oh my God, my knee cured immediately and I booked it the fuck out of there. <laughs> it was a very strange experience. And I hate to say that he's still a pretty good chiropractor. <laughs> it's fine, I'm white, or I look white, so, you know, he won't hate crime me, hopefully. I don't know how he feels about queer people. I am bisexual, um, yeah. Thank you for cheering for that, um, like I had something to do with it. <laughs> it's really funny when people applaud that, because uh, it's just this another thing that's about me. Like if I were to say, oh, I've got brown eyes, and you all were like, oh my god, you're so brave. <laughs> Thank you for speaking your truth. I'll be like, yeah, I am brave, thanks. <laughs> It's really hard to have the most common eye color, you know? Uh, I've, uh, I came out in August 2018. I love just, I'm just gonna, uh, we going full cozy, y'all. Um, I came out August 2018, and uh, in that time I've learned that there are a lot of stereotypes about bisexual people. And I could go through all of them, but contrary to popular opinion, I can choose just one. <laughs> I am <laughs> San Francisco, I love you so much. This room is so gay, and finally, <laughs> finally that joke got the reaction I've been hoping for. I do stand up, sit down, I do stand up comedy. <laughs> Which means that I'm like talking to just a room full of straight people who just don't get it. I just needed to get that out. Thank you all. Uh, no, let's, let's talk about that one, shall we? There are people, <laughs> believe it or not, that uh, feel like they need to tell me uh, that, there are, uh, that they think that bisexual people are indecisive. That there, there are really people out there that are like, <laughs> you know, why don't you like men or just like women? Why can't you pick just one? And speaking as somebody who's been ghosted by a man and a woman in the same week, uh, I think it's clear I'm not the one that's doing the picking. <laughs> I mean, fuck, even if I was, like, wow, what a wonderful, <laughs> look at my, my two options. Uh, do I pick between the person that thinks it's okay to use two-in-one shampoo and conditioner? <laughs> or the person who can make me come? Believe it or not, straight dudes don't like it when I tell that joke. <laughs> and then I just tell them, be the change you wish to see in the world. <sighs> Thanks over there. <laughs> My head's gonna get too big. I can't carry it out with this leg. <laughs> Uh, when I'm not thinking about stupid shit that people say like to bisexuals, um, I like to think a lot about like the human condition, you know, girl stuff. And uh, one of the things that I think about is that like we as people, we don't act on impulse all the time. Now granted, none of you were there when I was going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. <laughs> but you know, let's operate on the assumption that I'm right here, uh, that we, we do not act on impulse. We have like this, this level of self-restraint, and I think that it's absolutely fascinating, because without that, 
I would be eating a lot more candles. Okay, I see the way that you are looking at me. Yes, you. Like, you've never been to Yankee Candle. Picked up a three-wick jar, taken a big old sniff, and thought to yourself, yeah, I could fuck this up. Nobody's looking. It's true, yeah. Especially like when they've got like the sugar cookie ones or when, when uh, when uh, like Christmas rolls around, like everything just smells like treats. Yeah, a cinnamon roll. It's like, you know, if I had a spoon, I'd just go ham. I don't think eating a candle would be all that bad, honestly. Probably hard to chew. Doesn't have much of a flavor, I bet. But, you know, but probably smells nice. You know what else doesn't have much of a flavor but smells nice? LaCroix. <laughs> what is a candle if not a very dense LaCroix? <laughs> I am not crazy, I promise. Uh, it's the same reason why people were eating Tide Pods on the internet not that long ago. It's this thing that it's round and it's brightly colored and it smells nice. And so there's this little part in your lizard brain that's like, pop that in your mouth and run away real fast. <laughs> if and when, if and when the purge happens, I know it's not technically illegal, but if anybody needs me, I will be in a basement, hunkered over a soy pillar, just going to town on it like it's a corn cob. <laughs> this is an open invitation for you to come murder me. <laughs> Put me out of my misery, please. <laughs> um... I really, I've been told that I need to work on topical humor, so let me try this on for size. I still haven't seen Titanic the whole way through. Thank you, thank you Pam in the back. She, she thinks I'm brave for this too, thank you so much. Um, I, I have not seen Titanic the whole way through at this point, I don't really have a good excuse. The best one I can come up with is I'm just so busy writing a joke about how I haven't seen Titanic the whole way through. And I think it's pretty evident that I should just watch the fucking movie already. Um, people get really uppity when you talk about like movies and having not seen them, the classics and stuff. I was talking to somebody and they were like, oh, you haven't seen Blade Runner? I'm like, no, I haven't seen Blade Runner. Why would I watch a movie about a man that's going on a jog with a knife? That's not safe. And people just are like, they just get, they get like borderline violent when you're talking about movies. I don't know why, maybe it's because like all film managers are like white dudes, but, but the, uh, I mean like the, they just, they just will go off. They're like, oh, you haven't seen Pulp Fiction? Where the fuck haven't you seen Pulp Fiction? What are you, you live under a rock? But you're a little worm living under a rock. Kevin can't even watch Pulp Fiction with those shitty little worm eyes. I hope you die. I'm like, actually, I have seen Pulp Fiction. I was just asking for where the bathroom was. <laughs> the point is, is that straight men are terrible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, fuck, I gotta talk about something to make me seem normal again. Uh, who in here likes dogs? <laughs> Yay! I love dogs. I love cats. As I said, you know, said before, I, I, I cannot choose. <laughs> But for now, I'm gonna talk about dogs. Um, I'm the annoying kind of person that will stop a conversation in order to point out a dog. <laughs> Does not matter the conversation. 
it could be like, hey, yeah, um, this is actually, oh God, this is really hard to say, but uh, there's a pug across the street at Pete's. <laughs> Got a sweater on and everything. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, dad has cancer. So, <laughs> so my dad's fine, everybody. So yeah, I do, I do love dogs. Um, but I do have one hot dog take, which is that uh, I don't think that dogs should be at shopping malls. And just like that, I lost all of you. This is fine. This is fine. I can, I can, I can bring it back. I can bring it back. I promise. Um, let me explain. Uh, I, I don't think that dogs should be at shopping malls because I don't think that they want to be there. I've never walked past a dog at the mall and thought to myself, man, that little guy looks stoked to go into lids. <laughs> and they're missing out on all the best parts of a shopping mall. Dogs don't have credit cards. Dogs can't read and see that there's a 20% off sale at Ann Taylor Loft. A dog's not gonna walk past an Orange Julius and think to itself, they still have those? <laughs> Be nice to your dog, don't bring him to the mall. <laughs> also, people are like allergic, like come on. <laughs> this is fine. Uh, I think it's probably pretty clear to like all of you. Maybe it's my, my little Leia slippers, but I was not a popular child growing up. <laughs> and that's fine. Sometimes people get bummed out when I say that. They're like, oh, I'm like I don't need your pity. Being unpopular as a child forces you to like develop things like a personality <laughs> and character and depression. <laughs> All the building blocks of a stable adult. <laughs> I told that joke one time um, to a room full of people and the only reaction I got was one person way in the back going, woo! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's the soundtrack to depression, everybody. <laughs> Sounds about right. I wasn't popular growing up, but um, I, uh, I I got along pretty well with like adults, um, and that's because I looked like one. Like I had really big Honda Odyssey energy. <laughs> like I would go outside to play, and somebody would be like, "Hey, what's that little forty-year-old doing on a razor scooter?" <laughs> Please wear a helmet. You've got kids to take to piano later. I realize as an adult that my mom was dressing me like her, which is cute when you're five, not so cute when you're 14. <laughs> and like, looking back, I, like I kind of understand why she was doing it because um, she had a lot of cousins that were teen moms. Like she had like at least three cousins that were mothers by the time that they were 14 years old. So she did not want me to befall the same fate. So she's like, I must act quickly. What can I do to make dude repellent <laughs> as hastily and organically as possible? And like on one hand, I'm like, thank you mother for taking such a proactive stance on your child's sex life, question mark. But on the other hand, I do take some issue with the fact that she looked at me and she thought to herself, this one's got big slut potential. <laughs> A lot of sluttery bubbling under the surface with that one. 
Gotta put the kibosh on that real fucking fast. And I know just the trick. Some ugly ass shorts. <laughs> like, I don't want to be dramatic. Mutiny radio. But uh, if you force your child to wear Bermuda shorts for her entire, entire adolescence, you should have CPS called on you. <laughs> I am single. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> What if I just like hobbled off the stage like that was it? I'm like, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're finished here. No, uh, I, I am single. Uh, Valentine's Day came and went, and that's fine. I didn't, so it's chill. <laughs> just kidding. I do have a boyfriend. That's what I call my Hitachi. Yeah. Oh my god, a girl's talking about masturbation. She's so edgy. <laughs> wow. Women in comedy. Now I am single. Uh, one of the reasons I think that I'm single, besides the fact that I do stand up in San Jose, <sighs> <laughs> all of my friends are like, "But Adriana, you're the one that's like going out and like meeting people." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> stand up comedians in San Jose. <laughs> Look, I'm lonely, but I'm not desperate." <laughs> One of the other reasons, though, is that I, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Um, so I think that everything a man does for me on a date is because he's going to murder me. <laughs> Could be anything. Like, oh, he's picking me up from my house. He's going to murder me. Oh, he's getting me another drink without asking. He's going to murder me. Oh, he's telling me I'm going to look beautiful mounted on his wall. <laughs> you think I'm beautiful? <laughs> All right, everybody. I've been Adriana McCain. Thank you so much. Let's give it back to Polly Give it up one more time for Adriana McCain and help her off this stage. There we go. She... She is a real trooper for going through all of that and still giving you the best sit-down stand-up comedy you've ever seen. So uh, this is the point in the night. Yes, can you just take that and wherever is fine. Yeah, thank you. That was almost uh, a very expensive mistake. Just pass that back. Just like telephone it, yeah. So we've got a couple of... Yes, thank you. Oh my God, that was, I just got that myself. <laughs> so I forgot to mention that today is an LGBT comedy uh, night. Yes, it's LGBT comics only. Uh, could have said that at the beginning, but um, forgot. Um, I do have a couple of announcements. Um, first, uh, we have... Uh, we are at Mutiny Radio right now, and Mutiny Radio is a wonderful venue that not just hosts this event, but other comedy events, and is so great to the comedian uh, community. Uh, Pam, do you have anything you'd like to say? Just give us a little bit of a rundown of what Mutiny Radio is. Sure. Uh, we're a free speech venue that is a podcast hub that hosts any, any and everything. Every, uh, you know, music, comedy, plays, poetry, Biz, small business talk. I mean, everything, whatever. It's a sandbox. Whatever you want to have happen can happen here. And it's 
uh, you know, I run it like socialist and, <laughs> and so no one makes any money, but it's a really great place for comedians to grow. We have the mutiny radio comedy festival coming up March 1st through 7th. Yes. It's 12 hours of programming every day, podcasts, um, live shows all week long on Wednesday. There's a show at El Rio. It's going to be amazing and hosted by Polly Pop-Tart, which is going to be incredible. Yes. Uh, everything else. Yay. But everything else is here at mutiny radio and you can listen, um, for free online or you can buy tickets at mutinyradio.fm and we also have a new app out so for you can listen live on your iPhones and we're 100% free speech so there's like fuck swearing and all kinds of things and I love fuck uh, swearing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this show thank you so much Polly Pop-Tart for being here and being an incredible host yes, and having such you. hilarious comedians tonight yay thank you and for any and all of you that have social media out there, um, please follow me and the comedians that you see on this stage. Whenever we apply to comedy festivals or looking for gigs, the number of subscribers and followers that we have plays a huge role in that. So if you liked what you saw tonight, please, 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 on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, all of the above, we would really, really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Um, we have one more performer coming to you on the stage. And when I was looking for a headliner, I wanted someone who is experienced in traveling nationally, has just a lot of the experience to bring to a venue and an event. And when I came across this next performer, I knew I had to have him on our stage. I've watched a lot of his stuff and been a huge fan of his work for quite some time, and I'm so happy to be bringing to him on the stage. He used to work for Joan Rivers. He used to write for her, but now she's dead. <laughs> and now he's here telling jokes in front of a room of 30 people. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Ron Vig. Keep it going, everybody. One more time for Bali and for all of you. Come on, clap, hi. How are we doing? Everyone's well, doing good. I um, uh, Who here is local, by the way? Did we cover it local? Make that noise. Locals, yeah, yeah, good. And visitors, visitors, where are you at? Anyone? Yeah, One. who did that, you? Where are you visiting from? From the, from the Haight-Ashbury? No. You know what, sir? I will tell the fucking jokes, okay? You don't get to play that game. Come back on open mic at six o'clock, motherfucker. I, uh, <laughs> so I asked for locals, I asked for visitors, and, uh, and I wanna let you know when I did that, there's a couple people over there that they didn't cheer for either one of those options, so now I know where the assholes are at. It's right over there. But look at me, I happen to enjoy assholes. And uh, what? That's disgusting, real one. Now, uh, I don't mean to brag, but I just took the nine San Bruno bus here, everyone. Yeah, have you been on it? It's the only place that the coronavirus will die. Like it just, corona, Ebola, bring it there. It will die, it's awful. Uh, but I can't, cause I just turned 40. I know I look good. And I, uh, and I, can't, I can't afford my own car. Last week I had a rental car and I uh, pulled it downtown to a parking meter. I put $5 in the meter. I got 10 minutes. Uh, 
It was great. But then uh, halfway through feeding the meter, something weird happened. The quarters got stuck in the meter, and I didn't know what to do. Then all of a sudden, a little old lady appeared, and she said, Ow! Just put a plastic bag over the meter. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea, lady, except I don't have five hours to drive to Nevada and find a fucking plastic bag. <laughs> See, that's a local joke, you know? That's why. <laughs> but, uh... On, on the bus tonight, though, there was a homeless man screaming at the top of his lungs in my ear. I know, shocker. And, uh, and this was interesting. He was yelling. He was yelling, San Francisco has gotten out of control. $900 to live in your very own apartment. That's crazy. And I was like, oh, my God, $900? <laughs> Where does he not live? Because <laughs> I want to not live there. Oh, some of you didn't laugh at that. You drove your BMW here tonight? Go fuck yourselves, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I get around by BMW too. Bart Muni Walk. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot for the pajama jam thing I was gonna bring a Biore strip because it's time I needed to do that. So my so my so my last grinder hookup told me, but I uh, <laughs> uh, that's okay. I came in his eye and I uh, so um, but but I forgot to do that. And then the only thing else when I go to bed, I go to bed completely naked. So that would be my like theme. So I don't know if anybody wants to see that. I'm lonely. Let me know. I'll do it. I uh, cause I'm in a nine year monotonous, monogamous relationship. Uh, yeah, let me explain to you. My boyfriend is Asian, so I'm a top. And uh, that is a gay joke, everyone. It is a very gay joke. A lot of you know that. Don't sit there with your arms folded. What are you, a fucking lesbian? I mean, you got the facial hair, but come on. I mean, no, I love everybody, but I mean, it's all like, that's not funny! It's all, tell a joke about my cat! Like, it's just very, okay. It's very, I just, see, the problem is, is that we, people, nine years, do you think that's good, nine years in a gay relationship? Yeah. It's awful, don't, don't clap for that. I might make it to 10, and I don't want to. No, people are like, nine years in gay relationship, that's great. I'm like, no, it's a lot of crying and masturbating. <laughs> like, that's what it is. It's a real tearjerker. Now, I, uh, fun with words, everyone. Crazy. Uh, hi, uh, so, you know, like, the thing is, is that, uh, Okay, the boyfriend and I, the last guy, okay, we've been together nine years. Nine years, we stay together for the rent control. Like that <laughs> is just how you have to do it in San Francisco, right? I got an avocado on the way here at Gus's, $24.99. Uh, but it's fine, paid for it in three easy installments. Um, but, so, so, uh, God, we can't break, okay, well, see, we don't fight, which is good, but we don't, like each other, you know, like that is. Uh, but the last guy I dated, he broke up with me because he was a scientist and said that I wasn't smart enough for him. Yeah, I know, can you believe that? I was like, oh, because he was a fancy scientist working on the human genome. And <laughs> it's like, I might have been educated in New Jersey, but I know what the human genome is. 
My parents have one on their front lawn. <laughs> it's the smartest joke I have, so lower your expectations. I, uh, <laughs> but, but, but like the boyfriend and I, like we, um, um, uh, okay, we didn't meet like on a dating app. Does anybody here use dating apps? Three people? Okay. You're a room full of fucking liars. We will lock that door, Pam. I'm going through every one of their fucking phones right now. Half of you are probably on Scruff and Grinder right now, and so am I, so hit me up. And now I have... Uh... <laughs> It's so crazy. I love it too. Like the difference when the straight people are always so like, oh, grinder. Is it like Tinder? I'm like, no, your app is bullshit. All right. <laughs> Tinder is bullshit. Want to be grinder. Swipe left, swipe left, swipe right, swipe right. It's like, we don't have time for that bullshit. How close are you? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it don't matter if you're ugly and toothless. Are you five feet away? 300 feet away, too much! It's too much, it doesn't matter. And Hinge and Coffee Meets Bengal, which I didn't even know was a real site. And then I figured it out, it must be where the black people meet the Jewish people. I don't know, like I, I have no, I got no, cause I didn't meet my boyfriend on a dating app. I met him the old fashioned way, happy hour and chloroform. And it works like a, a charm every time. Thank you, row one. I am killing with row one. I, uh, row one C5, yes, I like it. When I'm not sure what to do for them, I look at you, you're my stage mom. And I like, you're like my personal Patsy Ramsey in the front row. Just like, tap faster, JonBenet, tap faster. Okay, wear the pretty bra wig I won't hurt you okay that is let's just pull up a reference you look confused like you don't know who John Benet Ramsey is you're a fucking millennial but you're hot I'll let it slide now I right if you were ugly you should be nourished and know that shit right you don't know John Benet like little like Tyler's and Tiara's kind of like beauty pageant six years old and then the mother to brother one of them just went, Bleh! but you know what the mom's dead now so I guess she got whatever the point is it was Colorado beauty pageant she was like a uh, lollipop Lollipop, whatever they do, and then she died, and boom. She would have grown up to be a big cunt anyway. Now, I just, like, look. I mean, she had the blonde hair and everything. Like, she would just trust me on this, okay? Do you trust me? Sure. Okay, yeah, he, there's tension here. It's sexual. Now, I uh, just, I can feel it. I can feel it. All right, so... The boyfriend, because we are a grinder, you know, like the thing that I don't like about the dating apps, people say things to you that I don't believe they would say in a first date situation, right? Like I was on Grinder one time with this guy, first question out of the gate, he goes, hey, are you into puppy play? Yeah, and I was like, excuse me, what? And he goes, well, my fetish is to be your puppy. Yeah, so I tried it out. I, uh, I took him to a Walmart parking lot and locked him in a hot car. Yeah. I mean, don't knock it till you try it. We both came twice, you know? <laughs> like, if he didn't get me off, I was gonna put him up for adoption. <laughs> follow through on a roll-up newspaper or a squirt bottle ready. Do you get that joke? Do you know puppies? Yeah? Okay. I, uh, just checking. I'm not sure. You're cute, but I, uh, no. I, you don't know me. You need to know who John Renee Ramsey is. I don't have any friends and I'm stuck in a relationship that I don't want to be in. All I do is watch the news. Uh, we just, I can't afford rent here. Now, I, uh, what? 
I'm really selling it? Well, I'll show you what I'm selling later. Now I, uh, <laughs> I'll do anything not to go home. Now I just, really, it's just terrible. Now, like, but no, I do like, my boyfriend is Asian, uh, which um, is good that we don't have sex, because uh, I can't go down on him. I get a headache from all the MSG. But I just, but when, when he does ejaculate, a little fortune comes out, and that is a nice touch. We save money on sex toys that uses abacus and uh and when i'm lazy and i don't want to give a hand job i blindfold him we get kinky and i uh put his lucky cat doll you know the one that's by the door and i just put it up next to his dick and it does this for 10 minutes and eventually he comes i uh so that is just uh just a little tip if you're in a relationship you don't want to be in but i uh but yeah, and you know, occasionally, like we, you know, like once a year, it's like a birthday, and we decide to try it out and have sex, or whatever. And I said to him, I go, Asian boyfriend, I don't know his name yet, and I uh, just too many syllables, so I call him number sixty-nine. But anyhow, he, I said, Asian boyfriend, we've been in the same sexual role for like nine years. Do you think we could switch it up? And he just looked at me and he went, No substitutions. So. Uh, <laughs> Just my little Asian bottom, my little bent over box. I uh, just bottom ramen anyone? Anyhow, I uh, do you know Asians? Okay, I uh, it's 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 crazy. I uh, but it's better than being on the apps and being on Grinder. I mean, I'm still on them, but it's better than being on them. One time I was on um, Grinder and this guy writes me. He goes, "Mask and chill here, man." And I was like, "Oh, feminine high strung here. Wanna fuck?" Like you know just really selling it another time a guy sent me his picture and he um, was sitting on the edge of his bed with a giant boner and next to him on the nightstand a half-eaten hot pocket uh, just, what was he doing there's like mm, hot pocket ooh boner uh, he was European so the hot pocket uh, was not the cheesiest thing in a picture uh, but uh, and my personal favorite is a guy that uh, wrote on Grinder one time. His caption said, no fats and no femmes, but blacks to the front of the line. And I just wrote him, oh, Rosa Parks would be so proud of you. Wanna fuck? And, uh, and it was good. It wasn't bad. I, uh, but yeah, so uh, I live here in San Francisco, and I can't wait to move. It's getting like kind of crazy. And my boyfriend, he has he you better watch out because I just got a missed connection. Yeah, do you know the missed connections? I got one. Someone wrote about them. not on Craigslist in the street sheet. But I uh, just, okay, now I know people didn't laugh means you don't buy newspapers from homeless people, so you're bad people. You're bad people. Give a dollar. Uh, <laughs> It's crazy, but I do like to get out of San Francisco, uh, and I do travel a lot for comedy, and we were in San Diego recently. We went to the San Diego Zoo, and let me tell you something that was weird about the San Diego Zoo. My boyfriend and I were the only two people standing in front of the flamingo exhibit. Yeah, it was very odd, and then the tour bus came up behind us, and the tour guide said to them, fun fact about flamingos, a group of them together are known as a flamboyance. Yeah, so I just turned around to the tour bus and I went, hey. <laughs> 
stupid, but very true. And uh, and it's good to be back home because this time last week I was doing stand-up in Reno and they paid me in meth. And uh, that's fine. It keeps me thin and TV ready, which is... Very important. Plus, I just love that you're a good-looking crowd. You're very good-looking, all of you. But then again, I was just in Reno. So uh, <laughs> that is like comparing apples and oranges and corpses, and it is not right. Reno was a poor man's Hayward. It is just not the river is cleaner than the people there. It is just, just, do you know Hayward? Okay. I. Uh, oh, that thing is on an earthquake fault, and it needs to go. Uh, it's just such a... Anyway. So, uh, but it's true, and then like I do it, and then from there, um, I went to Las Vegas, and my friend said, oh, Ron, what hotel did you stay at in Vegas? And I said, I stayed at the TI, meaning Treasure Island. But she misheard me, and she said, what? You stayed at the TL? And I was like, no, but that would be amazing if they had a tenderloin-themed resort, you know? <laughs> I mean, I already have one in Nevada. It's called Reno. And uh, <laughs> it just can't get, it is bad. It is just not, I mean, I, okay. I, uh, you're judging me. Go fucking to Reno, okay? I mean, everybody in Reno is dressed like you, but non-ironically. Like, that is all they can afford to wear. It's just as they sit down and play $2 blackjack. Oh, uh, God. Uh, so it's just like, so I'm here and you know, I don't know, I've been in San Francisco for 19 years and I just lost 33 pounds on uh, keto. Yeah, like a little cult, I have to tell you about it. What do you get your good, what do you, what do you all do to stay fit? Does anyone here do yoga? Yeah? Oh, I hate the fucking people that do yoga. <laughs> Oh, and I'm a certified yoga teacher, so uh, namaste. Uh, see, that's how you know I'm real. Uh, but no, I really do teach yoga, and it's not because I give a shit about any of your bodies. I do it to balance out my anger and, anger and hatred. I, uh, I have a lot of anger and hatred. I'm from New Jersey. It comes built in. And I, uh, and, but here's the thing. like You seem like very nice, but I went to teach class like just the other day, and this chick walks up to me, and she goes, Oh, you're our yoga teacher? And I was like, yeah, so? And she said, ugh, I overheard you say that you were hung over. And I'm like, I'm just a yoga teacher. I can still drink, lady, you know? <laughs> She's like, no, you're a yoga teacher. You should listen to your body. Your body will tell you what it wants. Your body will tell you what it needs. And I was like, listen, bitch. I've been listening to my body for 40 years. And it tells me it wants boys and Vicodin. Yeah? <laughs> So back off, Moonbeam, back off. And it's like, it's fine if you do yoga, whatever makes you happy, but people are just fucking in San Francisco, they're just driving me crazy. Like, is, like I can't, the, the vegans and the hippies make me nuts. Is anyone here vegan? See, this is the thing, we have two empty seats because they reserved them for a group of vegans, but they ran out of energy halfway up Potrero. <laughs> It's true, and you couldn't yell out if you were vegan. You couldn't do it. It happened to me one time in an audience. I said, anyone here vegan? And a girl went, yay, vegan! <laughs> she was out for a half hour. It's just like a light. 
No, I mean, I, I do applaud veganism because I love animals, but I, um, but here's where I draw the line. My friend in LA, Stephanie, she is raising her two kids to be vegan. And I'm like, that's gonna be the saddest childhood birthday parties ever. Can you imagine what a sad pinata that would be? Like after three hours, little Scotty finally musters up enough energy to crack that pinata open and bam, a giant cauliflower comes out and gives him a concussion. It's not right. And then I ran into one of my hippie yoga students the other day. Man, was she fucking annoying. I, uh, she was. She comes up to me. She's like, oh, Ron, come here and meet my daughter, Ocean. I give birth to her on top of the salad bar at Whole Foods. There were still sprouts hanging out between her legs. Left the trail all the way back to her Prius. I'm telling you. But maybe that's how they can make Reno better. You know, in Vegas, they have a lot of themed casinos. They should have, like, more themed casinos in Reno. I think there should be a Whole Foods-themed casino. Yeah? Right? It would be so much fun. You don't trust me. Listen, you play the Whole Foods slot machine. You get three oranges in a row, you win $20. You didn't, you didn't take that $20, and you go buy three fucking oranges at Whole Foods. And if you didn't laugh at that, that means you could afford Whole Foods, double fuck you, okay? With an organic cucumber. <laughs> Cause I'm shopping at Grocery Outlet. Grocery, yeah? Oh, you, Grocery Outlet? Yeah, other poor people in the house here. It's just, it's terrible. I have to admit to you, I didn't go to Grocery Outlet for the perceived savings. I went there because when I moved here, their old logo was a rainbow. Do you remember that? And I thought, oh, it's the gay grocery store. I'll go get some loop for less. It'll be great. But, uh, but yeah, it didn't turn out that way. But, uh, but I, uh, so, <laughs> uh, before I did all this, by the way, I was a flight attendant. I, uh, I did that job to keep stereotypes alive. And here's the deal with being a flight attendant. When you're a flight attendant, you hang around macho male pilots all the time. And, uh, you, you know airplanes? Yeah. Okay. And I, uh, <laughs> and they, they love to go to strip clubs, okay? And they took me to my very first strip club in Albany, New York. It was called T&A's. And I didn't know what to do. So the captain said, here's $20, bring this up to the person who you want to dance for you. So I brought it up front to the bouncer. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't amused, but uh, halfway through the evening, one of the strippers locked eyes with me. Her name was Carol Lee, three E's. And, uh, and she goes, what's wrong with you? You haven't been looking at me all night. You don't like my moves? You don't like my breasts? And I'm like, no, <laughs> but I really like those shoes, girl. They are fierce, but now let me tell you what I learned the hard way. No matter how gay you are, like this gay, you can't touch the strippers. Cause I got a little drunk, I had two Zimas, and uh, oh sorry for the millennials, I had two White Claws, and I, uh, see? I know how to speak millennial, huh? Uh, and the point is, I got really drunk, and so Carolee came by, and I thought, ah, I'm just gonna tap her on the ass. Oh my God, you can't do that. I tapped her on the ass, she pushed me, I went dramatically flailing to the ground, then the bouncer came, he straddled me, and he started choking me. And I was like, shit, things are finally getting good around here! <laughs> 
I'm real trashy in bed, real trashy. You'll find out later. And I, uh... Just super, and a lot of times, like, I guess I'm a little bit, like usually I dress kind of like preppy, so people think that I'm gonna be like innocent and sweet in bed. I'm very trashy, don't let it fool you. The best way I can describe my sex life is um, I'm Las Vegas in the streets and Reno in the sheets, okay? It's not a good night of sex unless you leave the limp of black eye and no money. Let's do it! But here's the thing, um, I will try anything once or twice. I'm like really like physical though, but I can't dirty talk because I can't say it if I don't mean it. And I had this awful like situation one time, this guy, he was awful and he wanted me to like dirty talk him and I just couldn't, I was like, ugh. And he was like, so I do, I have a signature move. It's my like hair pulling move. I'll see later, you have enough. And I, uh, and so I tried to pull him in towards me, right? And he backed away and he goes, no, talk dirty to me, call me names and I was like ah so I tried to pull him closer he was like no call me like your filthy whore and then I pulled him closer and he backed away and he says talk dirty to me so I just looked up to him and I went you look like you have bad credit like that I meant that he was disgusting so finally I need to shut him up so I pulled his hair so hard towards me at that very moment I knocked his hearing aid flying out of his ear across the room into a pile of dirty laundry in the corner and you're like gee Ron how are you so sure it was his hearing aid well I'm trying to get my fuck rhythm on and all I can hear for the next five minutes from the corner is I can't deal with this. So I go over to the corner with my boner in the dark and I'm like going through that pile of laundry and at that very moment he yells out, get back me, back here, call me your fucking dirty pig whore. And I'm like, where the fuck is that hearing aid, right? And he's just yelling out and the roommates are knocking on my door. Well, not really my door because I have five roommates that live in San Francisco. I pay $40,000 and I live in a dining room partitioned by a curtain. <laughs> fuck you. So I'm going through everything and I'm throwing it all over. I can't find a hearing aid. You know what? In that pile of dirty laundry, couldn't find a hearing aid. I found Hillary's emails in there. <laughs> they were there all along, but no hearing aid. After like six or seven minutes, I find it. I give it back to him and I go, here, you need this. And he looks at me and he goes, this? I don't need this. And he throws it back across the room and I'm like why the fuck did you do that you fucking filthy dirty pig whore and it was like finally I'm gonna come it's a very true story uh Sad but true, I, uh, I'll sleep with anything. I, uh, I'll leave you with this, I'll leave you with this. Uh, because I live here in San Francisco, I have to coupon all the time. And I was at Safeway the other day and upon checking out, they gave me a coupon. And apparently it's a lifestyle coupon. So it's a coupon based on all your past purchases. So I shit you not, the coupon they handed me said, buy a bottle of champagne and get 75 cents off cat food. <laughs> I'm like, that's the stupidest coupon ever. And then I realized, no, wait a minute, Safeway gets me. They do. They realize that I'm going to have to be really drunk in order to get that close to pussy. Yeah! Have a great night, everybody. Happy weekend!
give it up one more time for Ron. Is it Ron Vi or Vig? Ron, is it Vi or Vig? Yeah, I messed that up because I listened to so I listened to a YouTube video where someone else announced him. I'm like, the announcer and that's totally gonna get it right. And I messed it up. So Ron Vi! Alright, hopefully you all are feeling cozy and collected, and if you're me, a little inebriated. Thank you guys so much for coming out here. I really appreciate it. Uh, hope you guys have a great night, and I will see you guys, if not at Mutiny Radio, at future Pajama Jams in the future. Give it up for yourselves! Give it up for the comics! And give it up for Mutiny Radio! I'm Mrs. Maisel. Good night. your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission, or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Richard Harris, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Promenade Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm? 
hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Gold Cadillac with the white material. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. I'm having a really, really good time. Black, black, black. Black, black, black. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four ninety nine. 
Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com That's subliminalsf.com .myshopify.com and experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls, trivia on Mondays, taco Tuesdays, 
First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. Because people are animals. Uh, there's, but there's like people that just are like um, weird to the point of being offensive. And I'll give you guys like a story about this dude. One of the first times that I was giving a lap dance to this dude, uh, there's like a cardinal rule, and that's don't turn your back on them. Like don't stop looking at them, basically, because they'll do weird shit, like pull their dick out, which is what this gentleman did. I turned around. He <laughs> he pulled his dick out. And I was like, well, what are we going to do with that? Like, what's happening with that? And he was like, you want to touch it? And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't, but do you have anything else to say while it's out? Is there, like, anything else? And he leans in, and he goes, your tits are so much hotter than my sister's. <laughs> no, I don't want to touch your dick still. <laughs> I still don't want to touch it. And I'll tell you guys, his sister came and picked him up, and he was right. He was not wrong. Uh, I saw her tits through her shirt, and they were way better. Mine are way better. Especially now. Oh, shit. Oh, that reminds me. You guys, I gave myself a promotion recently, which just means that I bought myself a boob job. Or or other people bought me a boob job. And uh, <laughs> all, all you guys are going to get to see him. How exciting. Let's get a round of applause for my boobs right now. Um before I show them to you, I will tell you, I went to the doctor's office, and his office was just covered in crystals, like everywhere, just crystals, like healing crystals, okay? Uh, not like science crystals. And I don't, can't tell you like how disconcerting it is to know that you're about to be cut open by somebody who believes in the healing power of crystals, okay? <laughs> It's very disconcerting. Uh, you're my. I, I want my doctor to believe in science. That's what I want. I want you to believe in science. Um, like I believe in crystals. That's fine for me. Like I can do that. You cannot do that. I'm a stripper. That's fine for me. I can believe in whatever the fuck I want. Um, are you guys ready? Let's get a drum roll, please. Going on. You guys are gonna be sad when I pull them out. Ha <laughs> ha 
them very polite, like, those are fine. I wanted to go natural. I didn't want to go with big honkers, you know? Just, I want people to be like, she didn't have them done, you know? Um, oh, fuck, what was I going to tell you guys about my tits? Oh, well, you know what? So my tits were like, they looked the exact same. They were just small. I can't do that without being hot. Oh, my God, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just were smaller. And so I'm not, like, sure how to use tits yet. Like, I have no idea. I don't know what to do. So I just, I mean, there's, like, a fucking game to shake them, right? Like, now I can do, like, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But before, I was just running around, like, <laughs> what do you think of these hammers, boys? <laughs> And I'll tell you guys, it fucking worked because it doesn't matter what you do when you have tits. You can do anything you fucking want, okay? <laughs> That's what happens. Um, what else do I have for you guys? Oh, um, well, do you guys like orgies? Are you guys in orgies? Oh, wait, before I tell us, how am I doing on time? Perfect. Uh, so I'm going to tell you guys. I was at an orgy a little while back, and I was having what they call on the streets, mouth to genital relations with this man. And uh, he was black, and he probably still is to this day, <laughs> I'm guessing. And uh, this lady that invited me, she was white, and she came up behind him and slaps him on the back and goes, you make that white girl suck your dick, brother. And that's, <laughs> that's when I realized that the most awkward place to run into a racist is at an orgy. <laughs> For sure. And it was weird because, like, uh, she called him brother, like, I'm pretty sure just because he was black, but she said it like Hulk Hogan, <laughs> which made it super fucking way more racist sounding. Uh, and it's weird, like, I think people get, like, you know, a little bit or a lot of it more racist when it comes to sex and dating. Like, once everyone has their dicks out, it's okay to start saying the N word, which is what this lady did. Uh, I was with, <laughs> I can see myself in the fucking mirror like a monkey scratching my tit right now. It's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I was with the same dude. We were, uh, we were on the couch and with the same gentleman uh, doing this old thing, just one of these. And I'm gazing across the landscape and I see that white chick uh, getting banged doggy style by the only other black guy that was at the party. And her voice rings out, fuck me in my white ass, and then she called him the N-word. Now, if any of you guys are looking far and wide for the nearest person of color, which may not be in this room, I don't know, uh, then you're beginning to understand how I felt at this fucking party. I had no idea what to do. I just fucking looked at the guy behind me and was like, <laughs> Did you hear what she just said? <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable right now. I think I have to go home. Uh, and then I couldn't go home because I was in Tigard, which was a long ways away from my house, and I didn't drive a car, so I had to stay uh, and just hide is what I did. I hid. And uh, this guy, like, to his credit, honestly, what happened after she called him that he just fucking, like, closed his eyes and just shook his head, came slowly to a stop, shook his head, and just fucking kept going <laughs> after that. I've been Wendy Wise. Thank you guys very much.
necklace back. I have I have so much respect uh, for strippers. They can make that ass clap. I have no idea how to do it. Uh, I try, but I'm so white that it's a it's like a polite, polite golf clap. It's like all my ass can do is like it's a slight smattering of applause. It can't. There's no, I have no idea how to, I think I do get it in the shoes because it, it gives you the center of gravity so you can drop it like it's hot easier. You know, like I think that's what that does is it's the, 